Hi, I'm Kaylee Moore. And I'm Emma Samasco. Welcome to Freelance Writing Coach, your go-to podcast for building a freelance writing business. In each 20-minute episode, we'll do a deep dive into one area of business with the hope that our insights as successful freelance writers will educate and inspire you. This season of Freelance Writing Coach is sponsored by Harlow. Harlow's all-in-one freelancing software helps you manage and organize your day-to-day operations, get a full view of your clients, and get paid for the work you do, all from one intuitive dashboard. Founded by two former freelancers who know the ups and downs firsthand, Harlow is about more than just software. They're passionate about creating a supportive community for freelancers to grow and thrive. Harlow's launching soon, and if you sign up for the newsletter today, you'll get an access to a free month once the product goes live. Go to meetharlow.com slash subscribe to sign up now. That's M-E-E-T-H-A-R-L-O-W dot com slash subscribe. You and I both get these requests all the time where somebody comes to us and says, can I just pick your brain for a few minutes? And while I think you you and I both really like helping people and are very much inclined to share what we've learned over the course of, you know, however many years freelance writing, there are only so many hours in a day. And so if you say yes to all of these requests, you never have any time left to get your actual work done. So. <laughs> How do you manage these and how do you respond to them? That's the question I want to pose to you to kick things off. What do you do when somebody asks you that question of, can I pick your brain? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends like anything else. It depends a little bit on who the person is, what my relationship is to them. Like all those things go into how I respond. But I feel like the first thing that I try and do is like give them some like some resources without giving them like like my time. So I'm like, it's actually been really helpful having the podcast because I'm like, here are the first three podcast episodes I'd recommend that you listen to. And if you have more questions, like why don't you get in touch and that like gives them something to do. And if they come back and they're really invested, then I think I'm a little bit more willing rather than just being like, yeah, like let's just get on the phone for an hour tomorrow. Depending on who they are, I sometimes send them to my coaching option because it's like, I have a you know, a coaching intensive, that's an hour and a half session. And I offer like a 15 minute consult for people that are interested in doing that. But I, so I might say to someone like, oh, you're a really good fit for my coaching program. I offer a 15 minute consult call. I can answer some questions about that. I I think those are like some strategies that I use. I think it's also helpful to have like some templated email that you use to respond to some of these requests so that you, you have some polish with it. Sometimes I do get on the phone with people. If, Again, like the relation, I feel that the relationship warrants it. Like maybe we worked together in the past and we, we like already have an established relationship. Like Kaylee, like if you ask me like, Hey, can I pick your brain? I have this issue with a client. I'd never be like, that's a hundred dollars. (laughs) Right. Like ever, like we, we're, we're friends. We help each other out. It's like a reciprocal thing. It's not like, I'm not interested in like trying to make money out of every conversation, I just am interested in like protecting my time, as you mentioned. So why don't you talk a little bit about how you respond to these and how you think about it? Yeah, I think I'm I'm pretty similar to you. I used to have a one-to-one coaching offering. I've kind of stepped away from that. So I find myself kind of sending those people your way. If it is a more 
like ongoing intensive thing that they're after. The other thing too is I think, like you said, it's great to have free resources where you can say, what specifically are you struggling with? And like in my case, I have been sending out my newsletter, which is then syndicated syndicated to my blog for like six years. So I've written about all of these freelancing and writing related questions. So if I have a blog post that speaks to the specific thing that they're working on, I'll send them send that their way. Because again, like it's a free resource. It's the in-depth answer that I would have given them face-to-face just in written format. The other thing too, is sometimes if it's just like a quick question that somebody needs help with and I haven't written about it is I'll do a quick loom recording where I will kind of explain my thinking behind a certain thing or give some ideas on how to solve the problem. Again, it it just depends though. It's really a case by case thing. Also, I think for me, I also try to like look at how much thought and time the person has put into the request. If it's just like a spammy hop into my DMs on Twitter where they're like, hey, can you please hire me to do new projects with you? It's like, no. But if somebody's like, hey, I've been listening to your podcast and I'm on your newsletter and like, I'm really into what you're doing and I have specific questions about X, Y, and Z, that to me shows a much more invested partner who is interested in like actually learning and is invested in working specifically with me too. It's not like a spray and pray. Like I've reached out to 15 different freelance writers. I'm hoping somebody will answer me. I like the one-to-one. Yeah, I think that's why I, it depends for me a lot on like who it is in the sense that like, yeah, it's it's about like how they get in touch, but it's also about like my relationship with them. Like, do I have a relationship with them? How close is that relationship? Yeah. I think it's like really tough that when it's like a friend of a friend of a friend and yeah. like you don't want to be like a jerk in your circle of friends that you're not sort of picking up that call and talking with them, but you're also like, I don't really know you. Like, like, you know, those ones are are kind of tough. I mean, I still, that's, those are the ones where I'm often like, here are some resources to help you. If you still have questions, like we can get on the phone. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough because you want to be able to help every single person, but you, it's just really not realistic. So I think it's important to have that self-preservation instinct to, to guard your time. I think that's fine. Especially like I said, if you're, if if you're busy with a lot of work, you can't be fielding these all day long. So I think having the paid option too, if that's something you're interested in is a good fallback for people who, who want to do the one-to-one with you and are invested to the point of wanting to pay you for your time. They really see value in, in collaborating with you and learning from you. This is, again, like a strong case, though, for a course or a more in-depth resource where you can share your knowledge and your expertise, but in a scalable format. So maybe it's an email course or maybe it's an actual video course. Maybe it's audio only. There are a lot of options to consider. But again, like if you have those materials, that's an easy sell for the person who comes to you and says, I want to learn about X. And you're like, okay, great. You can do that right here. You know, it's all done. It's packaged up nicely. Everything you need to know is in this course or resource, whatever it is. Yeah. I think some of that is like what inspired us to like start doing the podcast and providing resources for freelance writers. It's kind of like, how do I scale up the expertise that I have in a way that doesn't mean that if we just to gave this podcast to individuals all week to everyone that listens to it. Like we would literally not be able to do anything else, which is great. The podcast has been successful, but I think that we've sort of found a way to scale up our expertise as best we can. And I've, 
I have found that like, if I get a text from a friend and they're like, Hey, how do I raise my rates? I'm like, Oh, we have an episode on that. Like listen to that and then ask me questions because then we're even starting the conversation on a plane that is like a little bit higher. Yes, exactly. The other thing that's great about a a medium like a podcast or even like a newsletter where you're interviewing people is that it's a good way to flip this equation. So if there's somebody that you want to talk to where you're like, oh, I really want to pick that person's brain, having a platform with an audience is a great way for them to get exposure while getting you a foot in the door with them. So for me, this is a big reason that I did a lot of the writing I did, and I still do a little bit with publications like Forbes and Vogue Business. It's not for the money. It's for the doors that it opens and the conversations that I get to have with really interesting people. And so if you have a platform where you can say like, hey, there's value in this for you too. I would love to ask you questions, but let's do it in a public setting. So you're not just speaking one-to-one to me. I'm going to share it with Mm, my audience too. Yeah. It's a really good way to be like, Hey, let's chat. There's something in it for you though. You'll get, you know, to reach this audience of X amount of people, or, you know, we have X amount of listens per month, whatever it is. You can make a strong case for getting them to commit and getting them on board with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's interesting about just like seeing, is there something that I could learn from this person that I'm talking to that maybe they have expertise that I don't have that they could share with me and seeing it as kind of like a reciprocal thing. Cause I think you, you know, when it's that versus like when someone's just in your email, like, Hey, can you like help me out and just get on a quick call this week? Right. Like it's the same thing as a client. Like if someone's, Mm -hmm. if someone's just sort of like trying to milk you for all you're worth, I think you can kind of get the feeling that they're doing that. Yeah. Have you seen anybody Okay, so I know that last last season we had Ava Gutierrez, who was our sponsor. She had like a cohort program, right? So that's another interesting way to scale this too, is like if there's a group of people who you want to like teach at one time, it might still be a small group of like five to 15 people, but that's another way to do it too. It's like, okay, you want these questions answered, join this cohort. cohort. We're going to talk. We're going to meet once a week for the next four weeks. There's homework, there's lessons along with it, but it's a chance for you to kind of get that access to me one-to-one. Again, like that's another easy way to scale that kind of offering. I think that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I think like any ways that you can sort of, there, there are many ways that you can cleverly scale it. Like we've talked about offering digital products. Like I think that's, that's one thing that you've offered that you could do a podcast, you can do a YouTube series, you can offer coaching. You can do any combination of these things. I mean, I think you can even write blog content on your own blog that serves these people. And then, but, but then it makes me think it's like, as much as like, it's nice to have those resources out there and serve that community. It's also like, that isn't our job. I mean, it is yours and my job, Kaylee, because we've decided it to be. But I don't think every freelance writer has an obligation to like educate every other freelance writer. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like that teaching and and doing that isn't for everyone. Um, And for those people too, it's like in those situations, it can be as simple as saying like, oh, sign up for, you know, an hour long coaching call and there's a price attached and it's not something that you advertise. It's not like a real offering. It's just kind of like, oh, my consulting rate is X for an hour call. It's going to, you know, it's going to be that. I think anyone can sort of put together a resource list. So if someone comes to them and they're like, I want to do what you do. I want to be a freelance writer. You might have like a go-to resource list that they can send them that has like episodes of podcasts or like other people's stuff that they think is really good. So I don't think it all has to become this sort of like productized thing either, right? It's about like 
you know, deciding how much do you want to serve this audience and like what it's, it's about claiming back your time. Right. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's like, do you want to just purely claim back your own time or do you want to provide for this audience? Right. Like, Yeah. What is the, what is the value for you? What are you getting out of it? And is it something you enjoy? I think those are all important questions to ask before being like, I'm going to do coaching. Yeah. I get into it and be like, this isn't for me. Okay. So another question I have for you about this is what if you have somebody who signs up for your coaching offering and then they come back to you after they've completed the whole curriculum or whatever it is, and either they're not happy or they're not getting the results they hope for, and they come back and they're frustrated. How do you handle that? That's interesting. It actually has not happened to me. Knock on wood. Like I hope it doesn't. I think that for me, I don't position my coaching as like something that's going to get anyone immediate results. It's more like we work together to come up with three to five action items for them to take after we do the coaching. And it's like, the goal is for them to complete those three to five action items and that's on them. So if they do those three to five action items and they're still having trouble in their business, it's like, okay, yeah, we can talk about that. But that wasn't like the goal. The goal of the coaching isn't for them to like have a runaway, amazing freelance business. It's for them to figure out what the next steps are to do so they can reach their own personal goals. Right. I mean, I have more coaching clients come back to me that maybe have trouble completing those action items. And so we can sort of talk through that, but I can't say that I've had people be like, oh yeah, it's, it's like, it's totally not working. Although I haven't had that with coaching, but I do sometimes give people advice and they're like, yeah, I tried that. And I'm like still having trouble. And it's like, I feel like I'm willing to like work with someone a little bit on that. But if they're not like a coaching client, it's also like not really my job. Like I don't, that's, that's like really not fair of me to say, like, as I'm saying that I'm like, it's not fair of me to have like a podcast about like coaching freelance writers and offer coaching as an offering. And then being like, if someone's having trouble, that's not my job to deal with them. <laughs> Cause that's not what I mean at all. I feel like I'm always willing to troubleshoot it at the same time. Like, I guess what I'm getting at when I'm saying it's not my job is that I can't control who someone else is, right? Like there's only so much I can do, I think is what I'm getting at. Yeah. I think a lot of it also has to do with like setting expectations up front and being sure that your student or your coaching client, whatever, is willing to follow through on the things that you're saying like, okay, this is part of it. So like with mine, when I was doing one-to-one coaching, there was homework every week. And so if they're not doing the homework, it's like, well, you're not going to have a positive outcome if you're not putting in the work, right? Like you have to be invested in not just talking to me once a week, but also like doing the follow-up work and like reaching out to people and networking and, and taking action on the suggestions that I'm making. So I feel like the few people who've come back have had and been like, I'm frustrated, you know, things aren't going as well as I hoped. Oftentimes it's like a lack of focus or like a lack of follow through on there. There are things that they know they should be doing and that I've like recommended and said like, this can work if you do it, but they don't want to do those pieces or they're like, they have trouble like focusing on something. And sometimes like for people that is just, part of who they are, especially if you're like somebody with ADHD, that is a very difficult thing to do. So <laughs> you really have to understand the people that you're working with and set really clear expectations up front and be like, this is part of it. Like if you want to be successful, here, here are the expectations up front. The other thing too, with creative class that Paul Jarvis and I taught, which was a course for freelancers, is that we would sometimes get requests for refunds. And I feel like there was two main buckets of people 
One of them were the people who wanted to basically not pay for the course, right? They wanted to consume all of the material and then be like, eh, this wasn't what I wanted. I want my money back. And there was just like a few, like a handful of people who did that and whatever, that's always going to happen. But then the other bucket of people were like, oh, when I got into this, it wasn't really what I thought I was buying. It didn't super Mm. line up with what I needed. And so I'd like to get a refund. And I think in that case, it does make a lot of sense because maybe they weren't clear on what it was that they were getting into. And, and so again, it's like an expectation thing up front. So I think being really straightforward and really outlining what it is that you're going to be teaching, covering, it's important to have that detailed and not just be like, yeah, we'll talk. Like it'll be short sessions and we'll have some homework. It needs to be really, really outlined about what's going to be included and what you're going to be talking about to be sure it's a good fit for both parties. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is, it is like a tricky thing. I feel like it's also like a cross industry. Like it's not just freelance writers that get asked to have their brains picked. I think that it's something that happens though, when you start to get further into your career and you're like more of an expert, right? Yeah. I, I definitely like see that happening that like as both as, as, as me and like my cohort of, you know, the people I graduated from college with get further in our careers, we're sort of asked more um, to share our expertise and insights. And I think we all sort of have to f- manage how we're going to do that. I would say like, I try and keep in mind that when I was starting out, it was super helpful when people gave me some of their time and energy. And I feel like, especially when I was really young, and I keep that in mind, like I recently spoke at my college's like it was like an alumni event for the English department. And we were talking about like how, you know, our English degree contributed to our careers. And it's like, if any of those people wanted to get on a call and talk with me, I think I'd be like, yes, because like, they're just so green. Like it's, that wouldn't even be about like being a freelancer. It'd be about like, how do I think about using my English degree, like general career advice? Like they're just so young and looking for anybody to help them. And I feel like I would have gained so much from someone like me (laughs) helping, you know, old me. So that situation is different to me than someone who like found me on the internet and is like, Hey, like I'm an aspiring freelance writer. Can I pick your brain? Right. So I think Mm -hmm. it all, to me, it all goes back to like, who is it? What's the context of this? Are you giving back to someone that you feel like is really helpful? Or is it just sort of like this random face in the crowd who would be, who like maybe isn't that well qualified in the first place, who would maybe be better served by like doing something else, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing too is like with this. So this year with the subcontractors that I work with, one of the emails I sent out last month was like, Hey, I'm, I want to check in with you. What I know that we work together all the time, kind of virtually, but like what specific things can I help you learn? Or like, are there resources I have for sale that you'd be interested in having? Cause I'm happy to just give you those for free. Um, because we're working together, but I also want to help you get further in your freelance career. I know we're not going to have this subcontractor relationship forever. I want you, I want you to get to the point where you're like, no, I'm charging more. I don't need to do the subcontracting any anymore. So I think proactively asking those questions to people who maybe are more junior than you, but saying like, hey, how can I help you? Or like, are there resources that I might have or questions I can answer for you? Or like, do you need a LinkedIn testimonial? Do you need some form of form of social proof that you can use to hopefully land more more projects and jobs and better paying jobs in the future. 
I think that's another iteration of this whole, like, can I pick your brain thing is like, it can go the other way. You can say like, Hey, I'm available to you. You know, we have this working relationship and I'm here for you if you have questions that I can answer. So let me know what they are and making sure that it's clear that those people know they have that ability to like tap into you that way. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I mean, I think it's something that you can sort of change your approach to as your career goes on as well. Don't you think? Yeah. And, and it's like, always changing. I, yeah. Like I think, I think like Ariana Huffington, like doesn't have time to have a pick your brain chat. Right. No. Um, <laughs> and, and somebody gets, I'm sure she, she mentors people in her own way, but she's, she, and that's like just a random person, but like anyone who's famous, right. Like they probably mentor people in their own way, but they're pickier and choosier about how they do it. And I think that's kind of the message that we're trying to impart today in this conversation. Yeah. And I think the final note is like, if there is somebody whose brain you are dying to pick, really do your homework before you make the ask and really invest some time into showing them that you've done your homework. You are invested in hearing from them because of X, Y, and Z. Um, You've studied their work. You know that they specifically can help you address some very specific thing that you're struggling with because those highly personalized asks, I just think are so much more compelling. And the success factor on those is like 50 times better than, than just the, Hey, I'd like to pick your brain question. Right. And I would say that the email environment is probably the best place to make those asks or be like on Twitter, be like, Hey, can I get your email? I, I wanted to shoot you a quick email and then do it there. But don't just like quickly fling a request at somebody just flippantly like off the cuff. Put some real thought into it. Yeah, I agree. Okay, cool. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Freelance Writing Coach Podcast. If you want more tips, tricks, and resources for building your business, visit freelancewritingcoachpodcast.com.